0: you shouldn't cheer because I feel like we need to be giving Pastor Todd the same round of applause. You know, every time we... I'm just kidding. No. Uh, Pastor Todd and Jen are away. They are on vacation, Uh, more like staycation. Uh, But they're having a good time and resting, like he had mentioned last week. And so um, I get to speak this week. And uh, so excited to be with you this morning. Um, You know, when I was so honored when Pastor Todd asked me to speak, I was like, yes, I would love to. Um... And uh, it's been really neat actually to be able to see, um, just I guess, see slash hear from different speakers, right, during the series. It's been nice to get different voices and hear from people about, you know, uh, why it's important to flourish, uh, how to flourish, where to start when it comes to flourishing. Um, and before I keep on going, um, I should really introduce myself, especially to those of us who are watching online. My name is Naomi, and I'm a part of the leadership team here at Eastside City Church. I primarily work with our youth. Um, they are wild, a little crazy, uh, just like me, um, and so <laughs> they picked the right person. And, um, and we have a great team, and um, we meet Friday nights, um, and it's ages 12 to 18, I always get, I always get confused at like, how old you are at grade 7, but grade 7 to 12, if that's easier. But every Friday night, uh, we have been meeting. It's been fun. It's been so good to just gather as a community, as young people, and, um, and to just get closer to God, right? And uh, so this morning, um, my prayer uh, coming into uh, our time together, my prayer is that we would be met with God's unfailing love. Um, I pray that we be met with his kindness um, and that in his kindness, we would yield to the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do in our hearts today. I pray that we leave today with uh, clarity and understanding of where uh, we can go, uh, where God can take us, as well as uh, where God can take us, not just individually, but as a body, right, as Eastside City Church, and so that is my prayer, and I hope that you can make that your prayer, change up some of the words, feel free to do that, um, but <laughs> but that is my prayer. So, um, okay, let's talk about the last few months. Let's just get real. I don't know about you, but I have literally have gone through a roller coaster of emotions, of feelings, and I think, I think I'm, I could be, I could be right, um, I could be wrong, sir. Is what I'm trying to say, but I feel like everyone that has come up on stage the last two months has brought up the inevitable COVID nineteen. Right? <laughs> we are still in it. It is. Uh, it, it's. It's a real thing, and um, and we can't avoid it. Um, it's in our presence. It's called the COVID. And at the start of COVID, I, um, you know, I was actually eager. I was like, you know. Like I'm excited. Where can I serve? Where can God use me? This is going to be great. Like this is going to be temporary. No big deal. It's all good. Like God use me. What do people need? And then like a month into it, I was like, ah, uh, hmm, okay. Things are a little bit interesting. Things are different. And um, I also was craving community, you know, and relationships, and uh, and so I thought, hey, let me just hop on social media why not? Um, I can use it as a tool. I can reconnect with people. I can reconnect with friends. I can reach out to people that I haven't seen in a long time. I can also use it as a tool for ministry reasons, right? I know a lot of us did that. We can hop on Instagram, Facebook, connect, Facebook Live, Instagram Live, uh, group chats, and... Um, and see where everyone's at, as well as business purposes, right? And so I was so excited, and for a while, I maintained that. It was really good. I was using social media as a tool. And then somewhere along the way, I lost that intentionality. (laughs) And instead of social media serving me for my purposes, I ended up being a slave to this thing. (laughs) But I found myself um, in you know, I feel like we've all been there. interesting political debates online, right? Um, (laughs) We've we've had those. I have found myself um, responding, like, unkindly and, like, you know, quick, abruptly, and, like, chats and comments, um, and, you know, um, engaging with people just a little differently. Like, I was like, my relationship with this thing is turning, um, it's just, it's changing a little bit. And um, the funny thing is that, what ended up happening was built up anger. So I just began to be angry and like, respond unkindly. You know what's funny? is I literally was like, I have the right to feel this way. I have the right to be doing exactly what I'm doing right now. I'm justified and it is good. And I, <laughs> and I remained in that place for days, maybe even weeks actually. Um, and the outcome of that was what I like to call my dark side. Ah uh, yes, I have a dark side. Um and it was not really pretty. I was easily irritated. I was triggered. You know the word triggered? Yeah, I was it. I was a definition of triggered. Um I was easily offended. I just began to relate to people a little bit differently. You know like grocery stores became annoying. Like, I would go to the grocery store and i be like, I'm annoyed by people. It's like the, it's the generation, like Gen Z word, I'm annoyed, right? <laughs> if you're parents to uh, the younger generation, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mom, you're so annoying, right? <laughs> I was like, I'm so annoyed. People are so annoying. Um, I was angry. I don't even know why. I was just angry. And, um, and you know the funny thing? Uh, There's lots of funny things in the story. But um, (laughs) the interesting thing was that, uh, yeah, on Sunday mornings, I was doing the church thing, you know, greeting all of you. (laughs) How you doing? Hey. You know, (laughs) y'all didn't know what was going on. (laughs) I was, like, physically present, but emotionally, spiritually, mentally drifting away. I was basically miserable. And, you know, maybe you can relate to this story. Maybe there are elements of this where you're like, well, it wasn't quite social media with me, but it was friends. It was the news. Um, it was maybe, um, you know, um, just, like, conversations. Uh, or maybe it's just even just, like, uh, TV shows. I don't know. Maybe there is something in this season where you're like, man, I found myself drifting away. I can relate to you. And, um, and you know, you're just in this place where you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm present, like, I'm doing life, but mentally, spiritually, um, I've checked off. Emotionally, I've checked off. I I made a comment in the first service and I kind of picked on men, but uh, the greatest example I have of this is when, well, I have to use my dad, I'm so sorry, (laughs) but he'll be, growing up, he would be watching sports and uh, we'd be like, dad, you know, it's the perfect time to ask your dad for money, right? (laughs) Because, (laughs) Because they are physically in the living room with you. They are not there emotionally or spiritually. You know, you're like, Dad, can you please sign this? You know, like, sign your will. Um, (laughs) But so, yeah, anyone who is uh, still living at home, it's a good trick. But I feel bad. I shouldn't bring that up because I do understand that men have been deprived of of sports uh, during COVID. And so we empathize with you. We're here for you. Um, And we love you. We appreciate you. So, (laughs) but... We have this moment in Jeremiah 17, and this is where um, our anchor verse is for this series. Uh, we, ha- we have this scene, I guess I should put it, of um, God basically speaking words of caution and words of wisdom, and he's speaking to the nation of Judah, and uh, what's happening here is um, they, are, they have drifted away. Like, some of them are probably drifting, but they have drifted away. Their hearts are no longer towards God. They are doing the church thing, right? Like they are showing up, doing their, uh, Christian duties, what is required of them, but, um, but they're drifting away. They're not there. They're no longer there spiritually. The connection between them and God has gone to the point where they have substituted God with other gods, right? And it's so bad. Their sin, they've drifted so far, um, that their sin, they've actually passed it down to the generation coming behind them, as well as it was so bad that God said, you know what, I am going to record this in the Bible so everybody knows how bad you guys are being. Um, and so um, it's really terrible, and God is heartbroken. Uh, he's sad, he's angry, feeling betrayed, really. And, uh, but in the midst of all of this, knowing where their hearts are at, Um, He speaks words of wisdom and words of caution, and really, um, when we are uh, addressed with words of wisdom, anybody under the age of 30, this is for you, what this means is um, turn your ears towards this, right? Listen to this, and that's basically what God is saying. He's like, turn your ears. Anyone who has ears to hear, anyone who is listening, this is what I'm saying, Jeremiah 17, verse 5 to 10. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stuttoned shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an inhabited salty land. But... Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long, by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green. They never stop producing fruit. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. And a quick note here is the word cursed in this passage can be understood to mean miserable, right? So we can read it as miserable are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from God. Our passage here is dealing with matters of the heart. First is comparing the condition of the heart that has turned away from God and the condition of those who have placed their hearts on God. Second, it is making us aware that God what God does with our hearts. He searches them, he examines them, and then rewards us of what we deserve. Specifically, what our actions deserve. And so I can't help but think, or even wonder as I read this passage, well, what is the condition of my heart? Is it healthy? Is it unhealthy? Is it hopeful? Is it miserable? Is it in part good and in part bad? You know, like, what about us? What about you? What is the condition of your heart? Are you feeling connected? With God or are you feeling like you're drifting away finding yourself drifting away what is the condition of your heart and to answer this question we need to know the difference between a heart that is turned away from God and a heart that trusts God now a heart that has turned away from God is a heart that has placed this trust on men on people it has placed this trust on oneself It relies on human strength and on human effort. It finds, and then it ends up finding itself hopeless, unable to produce fruit or bear fruit. It is basically dry and empty. And when it comes to the heart, to the condition of this heart, it's easy. It's easy to look at this passage and get caught up on the word cursed or miserable which we might uh, maybe assume that God is actively cursing the heart that is turned away from God. But actually, it needs to be understood as more of a principle. And to better explain this, when we live righteously, we reap the benefits of what? Righteousness. When we live unrighteously, we reap the benefits of what? Right. And there's the principle. The other thing, the other way, if you've been understanding it, to simplify it even more is um, a classic example you are what you eat, right? When you eat poorly, then you have poor health. When you eat well, then you have good health. And so, similar to these examples, the principle here is when you turn away from God, you wind up miserable. You wind up in a path that feels rather cursed, hopeless, empty, right? You wind up not planted. And it's important. The other thing we need to know is it usually isn't a, an instant thing, right? It usually isn't, I'm turning away from God, boom. And I, I do believe that that could happen. But usually, generally, I should say, it's a slow and gradual shift, One decision at a time, one area of our lives at a time. You know, similar to where I was a couple of months ago, slowly drifting away from God, present in the physical but internally disconnected. And the other side is the heart that trusts God. Now this heart has made God its source of hope and confidence, It sends out its roots to living, fresh water. Its condition is peaceful, not worried in the midst of uncertainty. It's hopeful and faithful, able to bear fruit even in difficult or challenging seasons. So then based on these two hearts, based on this understanding now, what is the condition of our heart? I, um... I really like Dave Ramsey. I hope he's watching today, but I really like Dave Ramsey. (laughs) Um, uh, I actually don't know what his title is, like, if anybody knows Dave Ramsey, I'll I'll try and explain what he does. He basically is a financial advisor or like financial literacy teacher, you know. um, And uh, he just has written content and resources about um, how to kind of, you know, We're going to use the word flourish, flourish, thrive financially, right? And they're rooted in in the Word of God, um, in the principles of the Bible. And so I really enjoy um, what he posts. I follow him on Instagram, Dave Ramsey, I hope you're watching. Um, And um, (laughs) I really enjoy when he posts um, content of people who are getting out of debt, right? And so um, it's so great to see people just kind of getting out of debt. We get to celebrate them. Right there, double tapping it and going, yeah, good for you. But what I noticed during COVID-19 was that there was an increasing amount of people getting out of debt. Well, at least on the Dave Ramsey page. And it was interesting because it wasn't just one group of people. It was singles, students, couples, families, families, one, two, three, seven children, you name it. People were getting out of debt, completely debt-free. And how is that possible? Because um, we are currently in a global economic crisis, a pandemic, You, um, according to the rules, that shouldn't be happening. So what is taking place? How are people transforming, getting set free, being debt free, finding freedom in the middle of an economic crisis? While the majority of people are losing their jobs, being laid off, how are, How is this group of individuals thriving? And you know, the reality is, it's in their habits. These, these particular individuals just kept on going. They remain steadfast, state the course, doing what is unpopular, delaying gratification, saying no to McDonald's. It is so hard because those chicken nuggets are so good, but they remain steadfast. They stayed the course, and what they did in the dark. what they did when no one was watching, was then brought to light. And the fruit was good. They were transformed. They were free, they were changed. And there was different variations of this story. I know I've heard of marriages being restored, family units being healed, getting stronger. And when you think about it, you go, how is that happening when it seems like the world is falling apart? Or is it? Um, And when you take that into consideration, it makes you think if we want to know the condition of our heart, could we? Could we look at what our heart is producing? Could we look at what is brought to light so far? Is there fruit? What is the fruit saying? Can we assess it? Is it transformational? What is coming out of us? Is it good? Is it ugly? Is there a shift in what I am now saying or doing in my behavior? What is the fruit that is being brought to light? What is the fruit that my heart is producing? Luke 6, verse 43 to 45 says, a good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. An evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart what you say flows from what is in your heart if we want to know the condition of our heart could we look at what is being produced could we look at what is being brought to light are you seeing transformation maybe you're kinder maybe you're patient Maybe you're realizing that the things that were easily irritating you, now you're responding a little bit differently. Maybe you've become more generous, you're more hopeful, you're encouraging. Life is looking good. You know, you could see good things coming out of you. And maybe that's the place you're at, and you're going, well, based on that, I'm in a good place. But maybe you are stuck in a cycle of bad habits, stuck in a cycle of sin, Poor thinking, maybe you're seeing an increase in fear, anxiety, depression, loneliness, apathy, bitterness, sarcasm, offense. I know for myself, when I found myself spewing unkind words, being defensive or short with people for an extended period of time, I knew this was beyond hangry. It was clear to me that, um, no, there was something here. There was something off. I was angry. I was disappointed. I was scared. Angry and upset with people. I don't actually know why, till this day. Um, Disappointed at how people were responding, at how Christians were responding online, including myself, how I was responding. I was scared. Because if I could be honest, I just felt like things were changing too fast. I had no control. I was like, I don't even know where to start. And I don't, maybe you relate to this. Sincerely just afraid. And I didn't know really kind of what to do because there was so much information being thrown my way, right? Or what to believe. And so my inability, at first I thought, but now I know, that my unwillingness to take that to the Lord over time compounded to frustration. And ultimately, what came out of me wasn't good. It was an inability to love people, uh, easily offended, lazy, like I said. And I knew that, man, something's off. And I think one of the greatest indicators of something's off is because you have a contrast you know what's good right you can go oh this does not look like patience this does not look like generosity this does not feel or look like love and so I knew that man this fruit based on what is good fruit the fruit that was coming out of me was not good and I wanted to change I needed for myself to change and so maybe you can relate to this. Maybe you're in this place and you're going, man, I need to change. I can relate to what you're saying, some elements, maybe one part, but I'm in a place where I, I know what good fruit is and I need to change. Or maybe you're at a place where you're going, ah, uh, actually, things are looking good, pretty good for me. And to that I would say, well, you need to sustain that right? We need to constantly be bearing fruit. And so what do we do? We turn to the Lord. We turn to God. Very simple. James 4, verse 6 to 9 says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Come close to God, and he will come close to you. We turn to God. Hebrews 4.16 says, So let us boldly approach the throne, come, sorry, let us come boldly to the throne of of our gracious God, There we will receive his mercy. We will find grace to help us when we need it most. God is always ready to receive us. He doesn't want us to fail. He doesn't want us to produce bad fruit. He doesn't want us to remain in cycles of unending sin or hopelessness. He wants the best for us. He is ready to meet us in in any moment. And all we have to say is, come, Jesus. Or all we have to do is run to Jesus. We turn to God. If we want to see the condition of our heart changed or sustained, we turn to God. We also take charge in guarding our hearts. Proverbs 4.21 to 23 says my child pay attention to what i say listen carefully to my words don't lose sight of them let them penetrate deep into your heart for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body guard your heart above all things for it determines the course of your life guard your heart above all things for it Determines the course of your life. Hebrews four twelve says, "For the word of God is alive." Sorry, Hebrews four twelve. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. We take charge by holding ourselves, we take charge by guarding our hearts, and we guard our hearts by holding ourselves accountable to God, by submitting ourselves to the word of God, by allowing the word of God to examine our hearts, We guard our hearts by submitting ourselves to the word of God and allowing it to examine us. Psalm 119, verse 9 to 11 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to the word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We take charge by guarding our hearts, submitting them to God's word, and allowing the word of God to examine us. Can I have Catherine uh, come up? If we want to see the condition of our heart changed, if we want to sustain a heart that tri- that uh, is producing Good fruit. We have to trust God's goodness. We can trust this goodness because He remains good even when we don't deserve it. You know, in our passage, Jeremiah 17 5 to 10, these words that God is speaking, yes, they're words of caution, yes, they're words of wisdom, but really they're words of hope. See, what God is doing, that act of speaking out, is he's reaching out and saying, I have a way out. I have a way out of these behaviors, of these unhealthy habits, of these cycles. I have a way out of this heart that is burdened and turned away from me. I have a way out. You simply need to place your trust on me. He says this, He says this knowing, knowing that they will not turn to him. Their sin was so deep, so deep that they had drifted so far off. And he knew that they wouldn't turn to him, at least not then. He knew that he would speak those words and nothing would change. That is God's goodness. And yet, still, he said, Let me reach out let me reach out let me still show myself merciful hopeful good and you know what's interesting because in Jeremiah 17 verse 9 to 10 it reads this the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked who really knows how bad it is but I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. You know, upon coming up to these words, I thought, there really is no action that we could ever do that would reap a reward that God has for us. He's always so good. He always gives above and beyond what we deserve. The greatest action that we can ever do as human beings is to surrender to Jesus, to yield our hearts to Jesus. Now get this, supposedly, and supposedly the deserving reward based on that action is the finished work of the cross. We say yes to Jesus and we get the finished work of the cross? That action deserves that? There's no way we are so broken, so flawed, so messed up, so inconsistent in our ways. There is no way that something so simple is deserving of something so great. And that is God's goodness. That is God's grace. Say yes to me, turn your heart to me, trust me, and I will give you life and life in abundance. I will sustain the heart that I have changed in you. That is God's goodness. If we want to see the condition of our heart change, we can trust in his goodness. We can turn to his goodness. We can look to a God who's shown himself merciful time and time again, who to the nation of Judah symbolically said, I'm going to reach out and extend my hand for a way out and then fulfilled that through Jesus. Fulfilled it through Jesus. We can trust God's goodness. We can trust his goodness to change our hearts. We can trust his goodness to sustain the change that has taken place in our hearts. And so maybe this morning you came in and you found yourself going, man, I can relate to you. I am in it deep. I am so far off. I have drifted far, of course. I'm present. I'm showing up. Maybe you're watching online and going, I show up, but I'm gone emotionally, spiritually, I'm gone. There is hope. You turn to God, you guard your heart and you trust in his goodness. There is hope. And maybe you came in today saying, man, I don't know about Jesus. But I like this idea of life and life abundance. I like the idea of that it's a simple yes. I could say yes and trust that my life will be changed. And if that's you, I wanna invite you to make a decision. Whether you're watching online or inside, make a decision. Do you want Jesus in your life? Would you like Jesus to come into your life to transform your heart, to change the condition of your heart. I want to pray for both these people, for both of you, sorry. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you for your grace. God, thank you that you show yourself time and time again consistently, hopeful, merciful, loving, kind. Thank you that it is your kindness that leads us to repentance. Father, thank you that you made a way through Jesus. And today we come before you. Those of us who were going, I need my heart changed. I've drifted away. I need to come back on course. Lord, would you meet them right now? Minister to their hearts, oh God. Bring them back in alignment with your will, with your purposes, with where you want to take them. And for those who are going, I want Jesus in my life. God, thank you. Thank you that you've made that an option. And God, I pray and ask right now that your spirit would fill them right now. Make them new, change their heart, give them a heart of flesh, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. You know, there are some people in this room and you fall in the category of people who are going, I want to sustain, you know, this change, right? I'm coming in and I, I could see good fruit. It's looking good. I've assessed it and I've been growing. I've been changing. I've been transforming. I want to, I guess, commend you and say good job. But also to inspire you, the word of God says, they will know us by our fruit. People are looking to you. People are relying on the fruit that is coming out of you and going, I need what they have. You are that comparison board in people's lives. When they go, ooh, wait, that person has peace, joy. They're loved. They're responding a little differently. I want that. Keep that up. Stay the course. Keep sending your roots to living water. Keep sending your roots to fresh water. Keep guarding your heart. Keep turning to God. Keep trusting his goodness. And you will continue to bear fruit. We need you. And we all need to produce good fruit. That is the Father's desire. That in this journey of flourishing, we would produce good fruit.